Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Wow, what a good morning, hey? It's a great morning. I'm going to do something this morning that I haven't done in over four decades of preaching the gospel. I'm actually going to preach a sermon that I've preached before. Ooh, four decades. That's a, that's a, that's a, lot, of, a lot of time not to preach when you've done before, but I just sense, I, was, I heard Pastor Dan speak a few weeks ago on contentment. Remember that sermon? And it just spoke to me and I'll need to do this again. You know, some, some sermons are built on what we call exegesis or an explanation of scripture. Some are built on hermeneutics for those who have been to Bible college, which is an interpretation But this one I felt, at least for me, came out of a revelation. So I want to share with you this morning a revelation I had. And uh, stick with me. It's a great story. Uh, It comes out of, every great revelation comes out of the Word. And I was reading the Word one day. I was reading the Bible. And I came to 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. Before we read it, it'll come up on the screen. I want to just outlay what this scripture is about. This is the Apostle Paul, the famous Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. And scholars almost universally agree this is the last letter that Paul ever wrote, at least in the Bible. The last time he ever put pen to paper. And he's writing to his, I guess, his heir, his apprentice, the guy who's going to replace him. And so these are the parting words of wisdom that Paul has for the younger Timothy. Let's read them. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. My goodness. I hope there's no one here disobedient to their parents. They're all out the back. <laughs> Ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous. A lot of slander on that social media, people. Without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good. Uh, rash, rash, oh look, it keeps going, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Paul tells Timothy, have nothing to do with such people. And I was reading this and sometimes you just read the Bible. Have you ever read the Bible and a word just comes out at you? I mean, literally just comes out of the page and smacks you in the face. Well, there was one word in this. It came to me. And the word, I mean, there's lots of bad stuff in there, lots of bad stuff. But my, I just went to one word, the word ungrateful. And this started a revelation in my life, ungrateful. I, I thought, what's ungrateful doing there? I mean, really? I mean, is it that bad? And then I thought, when you say, you ungrateful, the next word is never good. Just say it yourself, you ungrateful. I can picture, I don't know what, I can picture my mother. <laughs> you ungrateful? I just, you ungrateful, and I thought, what is it about ungrateful? You know, there's something about ungratefulness which just annoys us. Nothing gets us more upset than someone who's ungrateful, you know? There is even a word for ungrateful people. Do you know what it is? They're called ingrates. If anyone's ever called you an ingrate, I hope no one here, I'm sure. But you know, you're, at the, you're, you're trying to let someone in the traffic, 
you know, and they're sitting there waiting, and you bank the traffic up to like Oxenford, and it's stuck behind you to let this person in, they just drive out, not even a wave, not even a thank you. Or you go shopping in the Christmas Eve for that special person, you know, for that special present for that special person. Shop to shop, you know, jewellery shop, this, clothes shop. And at Christmas Day, all you get is, I hope you got the receipt for that. (laughs) You spend the GDB of a small nation on educating your kids. They never say anything. They'll say, thanks, Dad, for educating us at a good school. You go out of your way at your time and expense for someone else, and it's barely acknowledged. But seriously, we live in the best nation on the earth with every conceivable service and device, more than 98% of the, pop, you know, the world's population. But wait until the Wi-Fi slows down. You'll hear ungrateful. Hello to those online, by the way. No one out there, I'm sure. But no one likes a complainer. No one likes a whinger. No one likes a self-centred, ungrateful person. Not even God. The first word we teach our kids after Papa Bear, in my case, is ta, or please, or thank you. But an ungrateful person complains about everything, their job, the weather, but particularly they complain about other people and what they do. It has to be perfect for them. And instead of thinking there are people worse off than them, they just think about all the people who are better off than them. Now, this is no one here, I'm sure. They always think they deserve more. It's always about them. Here's the thing. They are never content. And they are never settled. And they are never, ever truly happy. Research across the world, and I've Googled this. I haven't put up stuff here, but it's amazing. Continually shows that gratefulness significantly improves psychological, emotional, and physical well-being. Gratefulness is described in many academic research papers as, wait for it, transformational to physical, mental, and health and happiness. And a lack of gratefulness is the major precursor for depression. Wow. This is just, it hit me when I read this. Jeff Kennett, the former Premier Victoria and the founder of Beyond Blue, the, organiz- the national organisation, which now Julie Gillard leads, was asked many times, what's the one thing a person can do? And he always said the same thing. Wake up and simply be grateful. The Roman writer Cicero in 50 BC said this, gratitude is the greatest of all virtues and the parent of all others. We're going to now look at some scripture. We want to tease this out a little bit. The scripture is in Luke 17, verses 11 to 13. Now, on his way to, speaking of Jesus, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. There are two major stories intertwined in this scripture, this narrative. And the first major story is that of Jesus, which is often forgotten. 
Now, on his way to Jerusalem sounds the start of a fairy tale, doesn't it? Now, on his way to Jerusalem, like a start of a novel. But Jesus has been in Capernaum in the Galilee where he basically lived all his life. And he's about to, he starts and turns towards Jerusalem for the very last time. Within a week and a half, he's on a cross dying. He knows that, but no one else knows that. Maybe because of this, Jesus, it says, traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, a difficult road he had never traveled before, around 90 kilometers of dusty, rocky, and difficult terrain. And after days of walking, Jesus is about to enter this village. He thinks, oh, great. And he wants what everyone else would want, a cold drink, a warm bath, and a hot meal. No doubt. But all he does is have people, he just encounters people yelling at him. The second major story is the lepers. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Leprosy, an incurable disease at that time, it meant they were isolated from their family, from their friends, from their work. Totally isolated in every way. Jesus was their last hope. In fact, their only hope when he came down that road he had never been before. When he saw them, when Jesus saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. You can almost hear and feel the weariness in Jesus' voice. Just, just, just like, go say yourself to the priest. No questions, no praying. No stories, no laying on of hands, just go and show yourselves to the show yourself to the priest. Why was that important? These lepers knew as Jesus knew that their way back to their family, their way back into society, the way back into living was to go through the priest, because the priest had to basically check you out and give you a tick and say you're right to go. And so when Jesus said, Go and see all the priests, they knew exactly what they meant. That's why they ran and they ran. Yet as they went, even before they got to the priest, even before they got to the priest, they were cleansed. Verse 15. One of them. Say one of them. One of them. When he saw that he was healed, cleansed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And for good measure, he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked him, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? It's, to be fair, it's almost sarcastic what Jesus is asking. Where's, where's the other nine? What's going on here? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. This is just not a nice sermon on being grateful, although that would be good. I've lived on this planet for nearly 60 years, and I believe that gratefulness is a powerful, spiritual, life-changing, destiny-altering principle. I just believe it. This will change your life. Now, here's the thing. The nine were actually cleansed of leprosy. No doubt about it. Cleansed in this translation, going back to the Greek, means it's like they were washed, like you wash a garment, like you wash plates. They were just sort of giving the once-over rinsed and cleaned. 
And this is the revelation bit. But for the one who came back, Jesus said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well, it says in the NIV, whole, it says in the King James. It goes nowhere near explaining what Jesus said. The Greek word is the word sozo. The word that Jesus uses, made you sozo. It's to heal, to save, to preserve. Not just to wash, just not to clean, but to actually take away. As John said, he's Jesus who takes away the sin of the world. Not just to cleanse, but to make whole. To actually start again. That's what the word means. In fact, it's only said this word is only used one other time in the whole Bible. And that's the woman who had the issue of blood for 12 years, who said, if I can only touch his garment, I will be made so-so. Nine got a makeover. One, these passages show two people who received a transformed life. As they placed themselves at the feet of Jesus, both found themselves at the feet of Jesus as they, with both gratitude and repentance. And on both occasions, he t- tells them to rise. People, there's such a power when we put ourselves at the feet of Jesus and he tells us to rise. Point one today is gratitude opens doors. One, point one, a door, gratitude opens a door that transforms your emotional, physical and mental health. Here's the point. That if we don't practice gratitude, we will be by default ungrateful. Pastor Dan, a few weeks ago, we, I'm not sure you preached it or we said to me after that you can't, you've got to learn how to be content and you've got to learn and practice gratefulness. You've got to learn it. When we are ungrateful, minor things annoy us. We get fixated on irrelevant issues. We focus on us and what we want to the exclusion of others. Here's the thing. Your physical health deteriorates. Chronic diseases happen. I'm not saying that everyone who has a chronic disease has, is ungrateful, but studies, actual studies from Harvard show us this. Frustration depletes our mental health. We stress easily and we can't find contentment. Ungratefulness leads to a sense of entitlement, which leads to bitterness and we become a cranky old fill-in-the-blank. We forget the goodness of God. And God won't. In fact, he can't use us. Secondly, gratitude opens up the door of friendship and genuine relationship. No one likes an ingrate. No one likes an ungrateful person. Gratefulness opens up your world. As we age, we either get better or we get bitter. And a lot of you've seen, I mean, you've seen, I've got a client. She's 97 years old. She was born the same year as the Queen, who's now gone. And you know, this lady, I'd go to her place for a cup of tea just to have a cup of tea with this lady. She's 97 years old. I want to see her. She's so full of love. And gratefulness. She has a family, direct family, about 70 people who love it a bit. And then I see other people and I go, gratefulness. There's a tyranny of loneliness in our society. 
and gratefulness is an answer. Today, we are focusing on connect groups, which means connecting people. Hopefully, in your world, you have people who you would take a bullet for or they would take a bullet for you. I have those people in my world. Ungratefulness leads to that. Busyness and loneliness are mutually exclusive. You don't fix loneliness by being busy. Opens the door for friendship and genuine relationships. Thirdly, point three, gratitude is the door that opens your life to God and his will for your life. Let me repeat that. Gratefulness is a door, like the leper, that opens your life to God and his will for your life. There is an outdoor education facility just out of town, just before Toowoomba, where school camps go. And some years ago, there was a young lady on high ropes and she fell about 10 metres down to a hard path and was really, really badly injured. The first on the scene was actually her, her younger sister. And eventually the, the owner of the facility came across and this girl ambulance came but she was a mess broken bones spleen organs it wasn't known whether she would actually live and that night the owner of of the of the outdoor camp was at home and he was praying and pacing and worried and he was in a mess and there was a knock on the door and he opened the door and the man that he knew didn't know him well but he knew he was the father of the girl who was in critical care, was at the door. And his heart raced. What, what's going to happen here? And the man who he barely knew said, I just want to let you know how grateful I am for all the help and care you gave my daughter. Wow. That girl was in hospital for two or three months. Her family visited her every day. When she eventually got out to be in a hospital for so long, she decided she was going to be a nurse. Not only is she going to be a nurse, she's going to be a trauma nurse, and that she did. She got a registered nurse, she trauma. Then she went and joined the, um, the, the ships that go across the world to war-torn countries where she was a, she'd found a calling. Her sister, who used to go every day, thought, I can do a better job than these doctors. So she trained to be a doctor, and she became a trauma surgeon. And she also travelled the world on these mercy ships as a trauma surgeon in war-turned countries. Gratitude is the door that opens your life to God and His will for your life. The writers of old stated this, that we're to enter God's presence with thankfulness and gratefulness. From Genesis to Revelation, God responds with healing to the heartbroken, restoration to the repentant, and grace and grace to the grateful. People often ask, what's God's will for my life? What, what does God want me to do? There's a scripture which says it in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks, be grateful, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's the will of God in my life, in yours, to be grateful, to be thankful. Miracles happen when we're grateful. Let's go back to the story of the lepers as we finished. You know, the nine took a religious answer by running to a priest. And you know, religion can be pretty good. Religion provides us a sense of community. It provides a sense of belonging. 
safety fences and barriers to guard us and protect us. Religion can give us a moral compass and some excellent life lessons. But that's not why I'm here. I have known people that have been healed or cleansed from physical stuff, but have walked away from God. They've walked away from faith. But none who have thrown themselves at the feet of Jesus. It begs the question, are we looking for religion? Are we looking for Jesus? Religion can help, can help a lot. But religion can't change your very being. Simply being cleansed of something, being washed can't change your inner you. But religion won't expose you either. Religion can't turn on the light. And Pastor Byron spoke about this a few weeks ago, about turning on the light. Religion can live in the grey, but Jesus turns on the light. And the light can scare the hell out of us, both figuratively and literally. In my life, I've had a close encounter with Jesus or the Holy Spirit twice in my life. Like the leper, and it was awesome. Let me tell you, Awesome is the most abused word in the English language. I wrote this down yesterday, what I felt. A feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear and wonder, with a tinge of fear and uncertainty, all surrounded by a sense of love and purpose. That's how I explained it. Now, to nine lepers, Jesus was a means to an end. But to one leper, he became an end in itself. Nine lepers ran to a religion. But one leper turned and ran to a saviour. Nine lepers had a change to their situation, no doubt. But one leper had a change to his life. To nine lepers, Jesus was their ticket to being healed. To one leper, he became his saviour. Nine lepers got a new body, but one Samaritan got a brand new life. Gratitude opened the door for this one person, a leper, a Samaritan. He found a new life at the feet of Jesus, where the compassionate Jesus lifted him up and made him completely zozo whole. Jesus even had a name for it in the Scripture. It was being called being born again. Not just a washing, not just a cleansing. Being actually born again. In Romans 14, verse 11 and 12, it says this. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. You'll end up kneeling at Jesus' feet either now or later. You know, at Highway Church, if you're new or been here for a while, you will notice that in our building we have no, um, deliberately, have no religious symbols in our church. There's nothing in this auditorium, in this church, that tells you it's a church except for one. Outside the entrance, High up in the main entrance is an empty cross 
And that's our message. That's my message. That Jesus lives. This morning, I want to give you an invitation. As I said, you'll either bow to Christ now or you'll bow to Him later. If the Holy Spirit is what I've said today, if what we've collectively said today has done something to you that you want to respond and say, yep, I want to fall at the feet of Jesus. I want this. I just don't want religion. I want to understand what it's like. So that one leper who fell at the feet of Jesus and Jesus picked him up and made him completely whole. If that's you today, I just want you to raise your hand. I'm not going to bring you out the front, but I am going to get people to come and talk to you a bit later. Is that you today? You feel like you need to respond to Jesus, not to me. You feel like you need to respond and say, that's me. Yep. Yep. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. Put it down there if you like. Is there someone else? Thank you. Come on, there's more people. We're not bringing you out the front. We're not getting embarrassed. So this is you. Jesus said of this, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before the Father God. That's why I'm getting no one to close their eyes deliberately. I just want you to put up your hand. I'm not going to bring you out here, but I do want you to put up your hand. And then we're going to pray for you just a little bit later. Thank you. bless you. Is that good? Is that okay? Tried to share from my heart a second time. May God bless you. Thank you, Pastor Kay. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au dot au